0: Hello, welcome to ATM, Artist Talk Movies, a podcast interviewing creatives about films that have inspired and or influenced their personal studio work. I'm Hyde Fontenot and I'm here with co-host Aaron Stafford.
1: We're here to talk about contemporary art and the creative impulse with new guests each episode. We're having casual conversations.
0: We don't pretend to be authorities,
1: we're hoping to give you a window into the visionary process of makers.
2: Six Too Young? Six Too Young is here, baby. <laughs> and I'm gonna take care of you. Thursday started out with a bang. <laughs> Heat, humidity,
1: moonlight. All the elements in place for a long weekend. I was good at my job. There were periods when my hands moved with the speed and the skill beyond me. How long have you been doing this? Five years. Wow, you must have seen Hi, something. Hi, I miss you. Hi,
0: Erin. I miss you terribly. <laughs> you know, uh, modern life does not allow us to, oh, to, know. to talk as much as I would like. And um, <laughs> yeah, we, I don't really yeah. know what's going on with you, but. Um, oh my gosh, <laughs> just
1: the usual stuff, yeah, you know, yeah, life, okay. nothing too out of the ordinary. Um, but I'm excited to talk about this movie with our guest artist, oh. Xavier. Yeah, do you
0: want, um, are you going to introduce the film and I'll introduce the artist?
1: Yeah, so Xavier, um, Edward Carter has selected a movie And it is called "Bringing Out the Dead." Mm -hmm. So let me get our listeners, Scorsese. Yes, (laughs) Um, and I would argue maybe one of his um, least appreciated films. Right.
0: Um, Yeah, a little under the radar.
1: Under the radar, I had never heard of it, um, but it's kind of surprising because it's it's a pretty dynamic film. So I, mm-hmm. we can talk about that later with Xavier, yeah. but just kind of like digging into that part of it. Um, it stars Nicolas Cage, uh-huh. uh, Patricia Arquette, yeah. John Goodman, and Ving. Uh um, And it was released in 1999, and it is considered to be a dramatic um, adaptation. I believe it's adapted from a book. Uh So, um, hi. do you want to go ahead and introduce? Yeah, yeah. So our artist this
0: week is Xavier Edward Carter, uh, who is a transdisciplinary artist, uh, meaning video, publications, installation, performance. Uh, He's also a poet and a feral academic uh, who is kept awake at night by archives, myths, and the stories that we tell ourselves about the world around us. Um, Mm -hmm. The artist describes himself as a cat toy (laughs) with over half a million dollars in private education, uh, meaning Mm -hmm. he has a BFA from Stanford University and an MFA from Southern Methodist University. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carter received the DMA Artist Grant Award in um, 2011. He's in the permanent collection of the Nasher Sculpture Center. And I think a very recent acquisition from the Dallas Museum of Art, uh, perhaps like in the last day or so. Um, mm-hmm. He's participated in the Art Press Biennale at uh, Saint-Étienne, uh, France in um, 2020. Um I want to ask him when we, you know, when he, when he comes on about a couple of things, uh, notably uh, performance at Miami Basel that was interrupted by police, and, and digging through his uh, his bio, I found that he was a lecturer at the Erotic Film School in San Francisco, and I am like, oh, I, I need to know everything. Uh, so and um, you know something um, he's excited about that's coming up is a residency collaboration. With the Ceramica Suro, uh, I think it's a factory residency in Guadalajara, Mexico. Mm. So, mm-hmm. uh, Xavier, are you there?
2: I'm here. How's it going, guys?
0: Excellent. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast.
2: I'm a little yeah. hungover, but I'm good. Oh, that's <laughs> 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 There was a lot of celebrating yesterday.
0: Amateur. Be...
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, party, party, party.
1: Yeah, that's art fair energy mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah so um, so
0: Dallas Art Fair is going on right now, sure. and so you are—it's a occupational hazard, I suppose.
2: Yeah, part of the part of the job, you know, you gotta you gotta go out there and shake shake babies and kiss hands. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you kind of channeling some Nicolas Cage energy, from, uh, Frank uh, Pierce, right all, now? All all the time, I think. <laughs>
2: Uh, i, th- well, okay, I, I okay. think various yeah. various points of my my life i've embodied a number of characters in that movie and this is star-studded cast oh uh, ving rames is in it uh tom is in it mark anthony's in yeah. it uh-huh. you know it's a lot of people uh, he's yeah.
0: amazing
2: mark anthony. mark anthony yeah
0: yeah yeah i didn't recognize him and
1: i didn't wow. either yeah. yeah very cool yeah Um, Xavier, can you give a quick recap of the movie for our listeners who haven't seen it or maybe need a refresher? Oh, I'll
2: give I can do that. So Nick Cage's character, Frank, he's a burned out um, EMT. He's going on very little sleep. He's kind of haunted by the, uh, the, the lives that he couldn't save. And it kind of ebbs and flows inside of him. Like, what is the meaning of his existence? And Gets into this like mm-hmm. very existential space, but it plays out in these like night rides as an ambulance driver and kind of the the horrors and like surreality of the world of New York in that time. Um, and he meets yeah. a young woman, uh, Patricia Arquette, when he goes to a call, um, and her father has had a heart attack; he's brain dead. And they have. I guess it can be described as a romance but it's not like a sexual romance. Yeah. yeah. It's like a weird commiserating thing. Um, I think he needs company cause, or someone yeah. like outside mm-hmm. of that world to really kind of get his head together and the circumstances around the meeting is just like fodder for for that because mm-hmm. he's they're connected by this like life that they want to save but like kind of know is already expired Mm -hmm. um yeah and mark anthony's there and uh (laughs) and yeah he uh, the guy uh, with the glasses the guy from the neighborhood yeah he's from he's from uh patricia arquette's neighborhood i think my favorite character Uh still is is gris the well there's a lot of really good characters in the movie so yeah
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah He's like frantically psychotic, and Patricia Arquette kind of fills us in on his backstory that he he had a head injury. Is that right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I forget he got like beat up or something. Yeah. And
0: he just never been the same since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he yeah he's like uh, hallucinating and paranoid and mm-hmm. uh, kind of <laughs> super uh, threatening. Uh, yeah. He's like wielding weapons at different times and yeah. uh, and he has an unquenchable thirst it's Something it, that's that's like, that's like a
2: bizarre thing <laughs> in the, in that circumstance yeah. he's like dying yeah. of thirst all the time,
0: yeah, and the doctors are trying to protect him from himself because he could uh he could like actually die from from drinking, drinking too much, much water, water. Yeah. so they've got him strapped down to a gurney and he's yeah. begging for yeah. water, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. The hospital scenes are wild in this movie. <laughs> like they're so over the top, yeah. kind of yeah. dramatic and stressful. I actually stressful.
0: contacted a couple of friends of mine after seeing this. Xavier, I wanted to thank you for actually like giving me an excuse to watch this film because I realized I had avoided it because oh. I <laughs> I had this notion it was going to be too intense, mm-hmm. and when it when it came out in the theaters, I I just couldn't bring myself to watch it. Yeah. I and then
2: 20 years
1: since did you see this in that theater xavier yeah, yeah. or did you did. discover
2: it i Utah? did it, yeah. it was yeah. ah, man it's been one of my favorite movies for a long time and i the other yeah. movie that i wow. had proposed earlier also i think would have worked really well but i did i actually did an art piece that um was inspired by the scene where the snow is like falling upwards where John Goodman and, uh, Mm. and, um, uh, Nick Cage, when it's the, the one where the girl that he's haunted by, uh, Rose, when Uh she's like dying on the sidewalk and he can't get the tube down her throat.
1: Yeah. He really beats himself up for not being able to save some of these people, these patients, Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that really kind of like keeps permeating throughout the movie, and you just kind of keep seeing him struggle and then he just kind of gets super manic yeah. like mm-hmm. through most of it and he's just losing his mind yeah. you know yeah. which is r- really hard to and he, and
0: he, he explains that he can't sleep
2: mm-hmm. and i
0: I know that that can uh make you psychotic yeah as, yeah, as well totally
2: Yeah. um Been there so <laughs>
1: i yeah. Do you want to um, like? We, you're more than welcome, Xavier, to um, to talk about the ending because we have like you can spoil the ending if you want to. Yeah, um, but <laughs> so. So spoiler alerts!
0: Yeah.
1: Spoiler alerts, everyone! Go stop the
0: podcast. Something. Go watch the film. Go watch it. You know what we're yeah. talking about. There's a really nice PA,
2: like a an image, Like Scorsese does a great job in this movie with a the lighting and the framing of things because there's like an art history (gasps) moment with the little pieta at the end where Frank is like laid in Mm -hmm. Patricia Arquette's Mm -hmm. arms and then that's the end of the movie yeah
1: yeah Yeah, it's a really beautiful like quiet ending Mm -hmm. for such a crazy ride of a movie Mm -hmm. um so it was a nice little like it wrapped it up in a little a little bit Mm -hmm. you know in terms of like the feeling resolved um I so I watched this movie on Easter, um, and I was like, "Oh, this actually," because I hadn't I didn't know anything about it. I knew ambulance, I knew, you know, um, EMS, but I didn't know anything mm. else. And so I was really surprised with all the religious. References. There's a lot of
2: religious imagery in there. The, There's mm-hmm. so
1: yeah. many, yeah. So. And and so what? Okay, so can you walk us through some of the? The religious references that you know of in this movie uh, or that you can recall uh,
2: well between the hospital names and uh, Patricia Arquette's mm-hmm. character being named Mary and the kind uh-huh. of like mm-hmm. a, immaculate conception scene that happens in there in the like drug in that's
0: right yeah they're, yeah. they're like teenagers squatting mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah uh-huh. oh yeah. And, the, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: yeah the the um What's IB Bangin think? The the part where Ving Rhames and him go into the, the nightclub and all the kind of like back and forth imagery of like Satan stuff and then like them being Ugh. characters there to like avenging angels to like purge whatever spirits inside of IB Bangin. Um uh-huh.
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean I
2: think even yeah. in yeah. in um there's all these like kind of like the the score of the movie kind of really sets up those moments too uh-huh. where there's like yeah. this kind of angelic voice but also um what the fuck is his name van morrison i really uh, love that uh-huh. i love that van morrison yeah. song and i don't like van morrison that much so <laughs> uh-huh.
1: yeah. it
2: was only recently because he was like covid isn't real i'm not gonna wear my mask him and fucking eric clapton Oh
0: shit! I don't. Um, <laughs> I didn't know uh-uh. that. Yeah. Uh-uh. yeah. Well, and
1: I, I like the way Scorsese um, sort of like blended the music to make it like you're not sure if it's just coming from the car, like the right. radio, yeah. or it's just like part of the soundtrack. So it's a really nice like blend. It's so seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the REMs. Like I was the, digging on that. Freq- the what's the
2: frequency, like, <laughs> Kenneth?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just seemed really appropriate. Yeah. Um, and then they were about to like run into, drive into the water. <laughs> and then he's kind of like, shit, shit. Like, fuck you. Like, turn around. Yeah. You know, we're about to drive into whatever. Yeah, drive off the, the pier. Like,
2: the...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh man, that must be such a crazy job to have. Like,
2: yeah. I. The night shift during that is just like, woof. Uh
1: huh. Yeah.
2: I
0: got in touch with two friends of mine after i watched this film one that was an emergency room worker uh, mm-hmm. like a surgery assistant and uh, one that was an EMT driver just kind of asked them if they'd seen the film and they mm-hmm. it had been too long they didn't really have an insight for mm-hmm. it they were like oh i'll watch it again you know maybe it's one of those things where you, when you're so close to it to an industry and the things yeah, that, yeah it's uh yeah, yeah. But, it's hard but, to
1: watch it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and well, and like right now with COVID and occupational burnout, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. seeing Nick Cage be so exhausted mm-hmm. and ask his boss to please fire him, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, like I just need a break, and he's like, no, it won't, it won't be a, it won't be enough to just get like a couple of days off. I'm. <laughs> I'm losing it. How
2: how weird was the boss, like, barking at him when he... Like, actually barking Uh, at him when he was talking? Yeah, he did. There's these moments where I'm like, are these hallucinations that Nick Cage is having? (laughs) Or is he, like, actually this person? Because it's kind of hard to tell. Like,
0: some really eccentric characters that Mm -hmm. we... I don't know. I feel like with medicine, you're kind of expecting everybody to be really straight Mm -hmm. and uh, all about business. And then it's like, oh, they're lunatics.
2: They're all (laughs) crazy. Like every every single person.
1: You might have to be to like want to take that profession on. Like you might have to have a little bit of, you know, the sort of. Almost like a god complex too happening, where uh-huh. you know they're they're getting a high off of saving people, and it's like a almost like a drug.
2: you I know, mean, like those in are that way. all the voiceover moments really get that uh-huh. point across. It's like when yeah. he's like, "Yeah, I yeah. was like walking," it's like everything I touched lit up, everything, every footstep I took, there were flowers blooming when he was saving people, but then he got in that lull where he's like not saving people, uh-huh. it just falls deeper and deeper into the hole
1: yeah,
2: yeah.
0: This, this film would warrant rewatching immediately mm, like yeah. it's mm-hmm. so complex it's yeah. so dense oh yeah
1: it is dense i was in a daze i had to go to like an easter family thing afterwards <laughs> and i was like oh my god like i'm just all spaced out yeah. and like you you really get into that headspace because the visuals are so Mm -hmm. like abstract and there's all this kind of disorientation happening and and it's very effective
0: another another film of Scorsese is that uh Cape Fear when I saw it in the theater
2: oh I forget he did Cape Fear
0: it made me nervous for like 24 hours and I couldn't put my finger on it but it was I, I would equate it to being in a car accident where you weren't really hurt, but you were shook up, and yeah. you had that adrenaline push. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's he's um, I don't know, talented, <laughs> a visionary, like really good I at know. his job. Yeah. What do I say about yeah. it? He's yeah. I mean, all those things have been been said. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's why people yeah. are like Scorsese mm-hmm. and Nick Cage, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted
1: to ask you, Xavier. Um, when so, I know you just mentioned a little bit ago that um, you know he wanted to get fired, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know that you know it's helpful to sort of look at things um, not literally but more figuratively, um, especially for a film like this. But uh-huh. um, I had like I had some assumptions when I was watching this about why he wanted to get fired, like why not just quit. The profession like right. because he could have just left right or what uh-huh. like what did you uh, um Xavier, what was what the tie you, yeah.
0: yeah yeah like
1: i mean i i have my own like assumptions but what were you thinking
2: uh i think it was it's like that is his one true calling and like it, at least he believes uh-huh. it is, is like one true calling um, so I think to be let like, go and fired in that position is, like, a release from that place. Uh, like, he's yeah. in this kind of, like, purgatory of doing this thing, mm-hmm. and now the only oh. way for, for his, like, salvation is to be released from it, or his damnation. It, I think it's more of his damnation. He believes that he wants to be oh. kind of, like, sentenced yeah. to that, that, like, void of where all the people that he's kind of lost go wow yeah Yeah.
1: i feel like before the pandemic i probably could have initially come to some conclusion like that like some sort of like you know um something like more existential but after after living through a pandemic and currently (laughs) in a pandemic like i actually was my mind went to the fact that i was like oh he doesn't want to get fired because he's not going to get
2: severance yeah like, <laughs> we'll, also, that, yeah you yeah.
1: did i never would have thought about that until because i i there are moments when i was just a, was going to file for unemployment and all these things came up of course because you're like well you can't you know get it if you if this happens or that happens but i feel like the pandemic has now colored every like piece of media that Mm. i encounter in some way but i like i think think on further um reflection i sort of see that as a moment for him like not being able to take responsibility for the people that would have died Mm. if Uh he had opted out and and You know what I'm saying? Because clearly
0: there wasn't anyone to take his place. His boss was saying, I don't have drivers. You have to do this, please. You know?
2: Yeah, that is wild. Because he's like, he works with everyone and they're like getting time off, but he's not. Yeah. (laughs) At all (laughs) during that whole time. Like he's on every shift. Every night shift. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I wonder, like, there are other movies about burnout. I mean, obviously, like, Office Space is a completely different movie. But, like, (laughs) I wonder if, like, late 90s culture, like, people were just, like going through this collectively where Uh they were being overworked, which is surprising because back then, like you weren't constantly tethered to your email Mm -hmm. and stuff like that.
0: But
1: (laughs) it's probably worse now, which is crazy.
0: You know, Um, I'm old enough to remember life before cell phones. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, when I got a cell phone, I was so excited about it because I was like, man, this means I don't have to stay... Uh, in, oh. in a building, you know, that I can mm. be out and about and doing things and reporting mm-hmm. back to work. And I had no idea how it would be just the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the idea of getting free snacks at
2: your yeah. corporate job. And it's yeah, like, that, that means dude, you that's... can't leave for snacks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: We end yeah. you. You're, beho- now, yeah. you're beholden to someone else's snack regimen, too. It's like, well, yeah. well no. I don't no. want yeah. these pumpernickel things. I want some like, gummy bears. <laughs>
1: There's always a price, you know, for, for something like that for sure. But yeah. that's, um, yeah, I was, I'm, I think that, I feel like those moments in this movie allow viewers to like project, like project what they're going through mm-hmm. and like see themselves in that and think, like, why isn't he just leaving? Like, why wouldn't you just leave your job if you weren't happy with uh-huh. uh-huh. it? Which, Sometimes not an easy question. You know,
0: it's it you know. maybe it's about codependency or Very feeling nice. like if you can't leave a situation yeah. like I have you have to do this for me cuz yeah. I can't I don't have the yeah. I don't know the willpower to quit on my own or I mean, stream. That the...
2: That's a uh, there's a, a parallel to that in Mary's character of how she like mm-hmm. kind of despises her father but like in yes! this moment of him like being incapacitated that he mm-hmm. she like has a revelation that like I need him but it's not really that it's just like I think she also just needs something like some kind of connection I mean she was she's a yeah. recovering drug addict and has that whole thing going on and Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. like is another form of dependency for her being this like yeah yeah care, pr- being present mm-hmm. at the moment that he's like passing.
0: I I've also wondered about why people will keep their loved ones in an animated or inanimate state. Yeah. That, oh. Mm. Um, like I have a cousin that's been in a vegetative state for twenty years. Twenty no years? Way. Yeah, yeah. What? And it really he was in a car accident. Uh um his brother was yeah, it's just a it's messed up family history. But like, you know, when I go visit that aunt and uncle and there's my cousin just in you know, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, I have a friend yeah. that's um I I, I think I've brought her up last time, but she's become a death doula. And oh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of paperwork that you can do about like what you want. Um, I, I forget like directives about your health, and if mm. you're yeah, you the do
2: not resuscitate clauses. Yeah, then, yeah. If you did, like, um, terrible and I, accident.
0: I know those things are not like super fun to uh, meditate mm-hmm. upon, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> you know, I think we'll be glad that we've looked into it if we're ever in a situation where like, oh shit, now my family's involved in this. Yeah.
2: And, mm-hmm. Well, there's all kinds of like weird laws on the books with how relatives can kind of interact with the body. And in terms of the medical uh-huh. situation, uh-huh. like I've, yeah. I've heard multiple people where it was like, oh, my mom was had, like birthed me and then was like left bleeding on the hospital table. Cause my dad wasn't there to like, give the word to the doctors to like you know we need to remove Mm -hmm. this part of her uterus or something like that or you know all kinds of
0: and to be honest yeah yeah, like like when have you ever gotten your family to agree unanimously on anything never yeah i haven't
2: lived with my parents since i was like 18 and like i yeah i i wouldn't want to like saddle them with that responsibility because ultimately you know like I've been living my life and, you know, trying to yeah. make it in the way that I, I think they'll be yeah. proud of and happy with, but like, I wow. also, I think they really understand that, like, I don't want them making those decisions for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And, you know, Xavier, like, <laughs> I feel like when, like, I return home, I uh, get treated as though, though I'm a teenager. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like Wait, wait a
1: minute. I, That's...
2: I think that that's a universal still thing.
1: Even in- yeah,
2: like
0: I have to insist on my adulthood and yeah. my independence oh, and, yeah. you
1: know. You know what ha- What I moved um, back in with my parents briefly in my late 20s for a summer, which was a very long summer. Um, and... Um, i had a curfew i had a midnight curfew <laughs> just like when i was you know in high school and i yeah. thought god i gotta get my own place yeah. this is driving yeah. me crazy you yeah. know yeah. Oof.
2: I, I remember <laughs> coming back from from undergrad and being in texas for like uh, a, i forget it was like some short amount of time before i went somewhere else but i was staying with my mm. grandmother and she's got a huge house out in cedar hill uh, she's remarried. Uh-huh. She's like on her third husband. Her husband oh, wow. is younger uh-huh. than my father, <laughs> which I think is very funny. Wow. But, um, I was Go <laughs> no grandma. She's she's hot stuff. She's my sexy grandma. Every time she's <laughs> every time she sends me uh, or like calls me, she's like, "It's your sexy grandma calling." And I'm like, "Damn right!" Oh my goodness! Right. <laughs> but uh But I, I, I was. And at her house watching a movie and working on my computer and her husband and, uh, didn't like the film I was watching, said it cursed too much or something, but I ended up getting to a, a fist mm-hmm. fight with, with my grandmother's <laughs> husband. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. And I was just oh, like, wow. it was really that moment of like, I, this is my house, I'm in charge. And I was like, come on, man. Uh-huh. Like. Just like be a Uh a sexy grandma says
0: no to cussing.
2: Be be no, and my grandma cusses like a fucking sailor. Like all of my, it's so it was so absurd. Just like why Uh is this man like doing this right now? Uh Uh Just being really petty and like, and then he swung at me and I had to choke him out. What? Oh my god! And then he pulled a gun on me. And then I he punched Are you me. sure this wasn't a
0: performance?
2: Oh my god, it was so crazy. He punch so after wrestling and like choking him out on in the in the, oh on the floor wow. on the floor on this like marble floor in this like fucking wow. immaculately uh, decorated home. My grandma's like, "What's going on?" She comes out. She like rushes out of her room. She's like, "What's going on?" And she sees me choking uh-huh. him. She's like, "Oh, okay." And I go back. <laughs> I go back to to talk to her about it. And he comes back and he has a gun in his waistband and he's oh, like,
1: what? "Oh my god!" And I'm just like sitting yeah. there,
2: like staring at him, like, "Well, you're gonna like shoot me, like Marvin wow. Gaye in front of my grandma?" And he didn't shoot oh. me. Thankfully, he just punched me in the face. But it, like, wasn't even hard enough to, like, fa- like, it wasn't enough to phase me. It just, like, hit me. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. my, like, blood came running down my brow, and I was just like, Whoa. okay, I'm leaving, I guess. Wow.
0: <laughs> okay, Xavier, uh, you can come stay with me.
2: Well, then she called uh-huh. the cops, and the cops came and took him to jail. It's, he's still, like, it's funny now, because, like, uh-huh. every once in a while, I'll see him. Uh like when my uncle died I saw him and he was all uh-huh. like you know we can't be you can't we can't be I can't be within like a hundred feet of you I'm like, Well leave. You should leave uh-huh. because you're the yeah. person that's at fault here. Like stop it.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. Um, and you're
1: kind of an intimidating fellow. Like you're, you know, tall and like muscular yeah. and you know, it's like
2: It was funny what that re- it, that's uh-huh. the other thing, I'm like, this is probably, like, I I used to play football in college and high school, yeah, and it just, yeah. like, stopped, like, not that long ago, so I was still, like, very fit and, like, active, and I'm yeah. like, yo, you're, like, 5'7", and
0: uh, <laughs> uh-huh. you're not, like, I, I, wow.
2: I've known you since I was a kid, and I knew you were kind of a jackass then, so... Like, what are you... (laughs) It's like when people can't stay in their lane or, like, accept that, like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It was very much an alpha male thing, and I was like, I'm not playing this game with you.
1: It sounds like the guy from the movie, the Tom guy. Tom Sizemore. Yes, where he's just such a wild card, you know, of, like... Murderous energy, almost. Yeah. Like he's so violent, but he's funny. He's like a Joker. He's kind of right. Like he's he's scary, like
2: he's like you know? the Joker,
0: <laughs> but kind of like a child in that yeah. impulse. A little way. bit too.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I kn- at the la- the last scene we see him and he is smashing the um the ambulance headlights with
2: that. Yeah.
1: I think it. Yeah. Was. Yeah. And yeah. He's just like you know, he just has this rage. And I thought about your performance um, in Miami, and I, you know, I don't know if that, I, I don't think that's like a direct connection, but i like thinking about like, the mm-hmm. way that, I don't know if you want to talk about that performance at all, Xavier, but the way that you were sort of, you know, the same sort of gesture, you know? Yeah. Like, like,
2: Well, I, I see a lot of the, uh, a lot of Noel... Uh, mark anthony's uh-huh. character in that performance it's like you're stuck in this kind mm. of fut- the futility of it all is like the mm. the uh-huh. kind of the swing and like this repetitive nature um yeah but the so the
0: title of that work it, uh is sisyphus
2: sisyphus in the myth of the new world uh-huh. yes yes yeah that one and Who the is, perf- sisyphus?
1: is that like
2: a sisyphus was greek the, or- yeah greek king uh he defied the gods he like he told the the like because he was a he was a king in one section and then he told another king that like yo zeus got your fucking daughter pregnant you know and zeus was not happy with that and he did something else too he but basically it was like revealing their secrets That got him Uh, kind of cursed to push this rock up a hill for eternity. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's the Camus uh, essay, too, about the myth of Sisyphus and kind of like radical suicide and essentially being able to like live your life in the way that you see fit and do the things that you believe in without being kind of like stuck in this cycle of having to like push the rock up the hill. And that, I mean, the yeah. The rock is just like, or at least not picture the rock as being something that is this like suffering because essentially that's you know that's just life that's like your existence yeah. is always yeah. moving this thing forward. Um, uh-huh. It's really great. At the end of that essay, he's like, you have to imagine Sisyphus as being happy because like he did, he lived his life on Earth in a way that was like, fuck everybody. I got this shit. This is. I'm like. He was be, he was righteous in that way that he was like mm-hmm. uh-huh. telling the truth and it got him damned. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, but he didn't
0: have to learn new technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Yeah, but I've been in this like mythology mode for a minute. Even the performance I did yesterday was kind of like a rift on that because I had originally wanted to do something else, uh, a suspension where I was going to hang myself oh, upside down uh-huh. from a, one of the oak trees. There's these, like, massive oak trees in that little thing. And they were like, no, you can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Can't do that here. It's going to potentially, you could hurt a tree. Uh, and I was like, okay, um, well, I'll uh-huh. just, like, do something. I'll I'll make the, the myth more more literal because I think for some people the hitting of the rocks and, like, what I describe it as is like building the path that I'm traveling is what these rocks are representing. It's like mm-hmm. each individual rock is still a boulder in that way, um, but mm-hmm. s- and yeah. the the act of pushing is now a much more, more, well, it's a different physicality hitting it with a bat and kind of the the. Uh, the wear that happens on the bat is akin to the wear on the body, because um, at the ah. end, the performance ends every time once I break this bat, which is a feat in itself. You know, it's like a, a an aluminum bat. You like anyone looking at it, it's like you're not gonna break that thing just hitting rocks, but like, sure enough, about after thirty minutes every time, like, fucking breaks. You're kidding? Yeah, it like.
0: would. Yeah. Whoa. How did you how did you discover that? Cause that is really surprising. I thought aluminum baseball bats were almost indestructible.
2: Yeah. It was weird. I was like, I was living in California and I had like had got this bat from like a flea market. Um, uh-huh. and yeah, I would go hiking with it and like use it to like, like, I just liked the noise, like the sound that it made. It was like, something was just very, it resonated with me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. and then I had yeah. planned this performance, uh, where I, and it was the first edition, first iteration of that, where I go to this beach, it's like a stone beach in San Francisco, mile, like mile rock beach or something. Um, I hit rocks with this bat, and then I like cross this kind of, it's like a, a stretch of water that during low tide, it's like pretty easy to cross, but during high tide, it's like, you're gonna get fucking sucked out into the ocean. Ooh. And Ooh. during that performance, I had hit the rocks. Or I was hitting rocks, hitting rocks, and the bat broke. And I was like, "What the fuck? This wow. this is a thing that can happen." Oh shit! Uh-huh. So from then, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do this again." Um,
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> so if I'm getting the timeline of this right, is it like the universe saying, like, "Okay, this performance is over. Now get to shore before yeah. you're swept out." Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. It was like attacking the th- our pursuing the thing that's bigger than you in that way of like, yeah, yeah.
0: There's also an Eastern proverb that I won't get right, but it's something about like the immovable object or the,
2: yeah. Un- an unstoppable force, force. Against it. Yeah. The only and, thing.
0: And like the, like just drops of water can, can change a stone. Yeah. Oh
1: it's yeah. Just, huh. I'm a big cool.
2: element <sighs> elemental yeah person. I think I'd use a oh, lot yeah. of, like, yeah. fire and, like, earth stuff and, and most of the uh-huh. performance works because it's it's about my body existing in, in space, and it's, like, a contested body yeah. in, in most ways. Like, with the Miami thing, uh, yes. to bring it back to the film again, it was, like, I think if I would have been in, like... And I think if I would have been anyone besides like a black man doing that, I think Mm -hmm. the response would have been very different. But like in Miami during that week, I saw so many homeless people and just like unhoused people Mm -hmm. that look similar to me and, you know, would be erratic and stuff. Uh, and uh-huh. I think that's a reflection of like the response to that. I think they thought that I was one of those people and I was disturbing this group of people uh-huh. that were on the uh-huh. beach just trying to enjoy some artwork, you know. Um, yeah. but yeah. it wasn't yeah. the case, and then their response was just yeah. like, stupid, they're you know, Fuck the yeah. police. Right.
0: Yeah. you know, since we're talking about the law uh-huh. getting involved in art, uh-huh. um, you know. I feel like I also read something about how there might have been uh, th- there was talk of charging you with some type of uh, like public indecency for being naked. Yeah, they were tra-
2: they were it, like saying throwing out like crazy numbers like you're going to get 10 right, years right, for right. endangering children and you'll be put on the sexual uh, predator right. list and you're going to have to live in Florida. And I'm like, no. Oh my god, Florida. that is punishment. Florida. No. <laughs>
0: But you can't go to... A, you're going <laughs> to have to Texas. live in Florida,
2: but you can never go to a beach again. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, wow. That's, yeah. the worst. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. Um,
0: thanks for protecting
2: us. Yeah. Mm.
1: So w- were they trying to get, like, some sort of restraint from all beaches? I mean, 100 miles or something. That's yeah,
2: just... something
1: stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm so sorry that that happened. But, I mean... It's like, it kind of proves your point in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. It like did.
0: It, it's did. oddly validating yeah. of your, yeah.
2: One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, uh, again, a lot of my performances are public, kind of like happening type things. And it almost, without fail, the fucking police show up. Like, I I did mm-hmm. a performance yeah. in Dallas where I carried across uh, from... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Pleasant Grove to White Rock Lake, and I was mm-hmm. in a rope loincloth cloth and covered in chocolate, and I got terrible. But you were covered
1: ch- in chocolate. Yeah. I didn't. Know that. <laughs> it
2: wasn't
0: and, even uh, my birthday. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow.
2: I have a thing with Easter. That's why it's so con- it's so convenient that like yeah. <laughs> I don't oh my know. Yeah, it's my way of like. <laughs> reclaiming the holiday for something non-religious, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I
1: think that's <laughs> fair. Yeah. I I personally like to celebrate Easter as a day of fertility. Yeah. Um
0: <laughs> by not I having mean, sex. I know. <laughs> oh,
1: there's <laughs> lot as much sex as possible yeah. or at least bringing it up as much as possible. Yeah. You know, <laughs> acting like a bunny rabbit yeah. and that's how I celebrate my Easter Sundays. Yeah. Also watching a movie about manic EMS yeah. right. Oh, oh, so, <laughs> so the
2: <that> first, added, <laughs> yeah. the first time that I did the Sisyphus performance was on Easter, and I think I. I wow, that yeah. is
1: so wild! Wow, yeah. it's like. Yeah, the universe is coming together here. Yeah.
0: Um, Xavier, what was the duration of that performance with the cross, and how many times have you performed it?
2: I've performed that twice. I did it in San Francisco in twenty twelve, and then I did it in uh, two thousand eighteen here in Dallas. And it's okay. like it was like five hours because it's like ten miles. Wow, it was ten God. miles. It was I. It, the, it was like really bad towards the end. Uh, the blisters that I got on my feet because I was barefoot and it was like summertime. Uh, Oh, on pavement? Yeah, on pavement. It just like cooked my feet, which is something that I didn't consider because last time I had done it in San Francisco, it was like cool, you know. So it was Easter. Uh It's not a very hot part of California. You know, it's like really breezy. So it was fine. But then here I was like, oh shit, like the, the last part of it was like was friends pouring water on the path in front of me so I could like walk actually or me like walking a few feet and then getting in grass because the pavement was so hot.
1: Yeah. Um, like how did you, like, I'm kind of thinking, I'm imagining that, you know, when you finished that performance, you probably felt like you were on a high. I would imagine like going through something that, Mm -hmm. like physically strenuous, like, And I think as artists in the studio, we can, uh, like that to me is like way above and beyond like the physical exertions we usually Mm -hmm. have. But like, I think after we create something and we can feel really good about it, like you can get in that space where you feel like you're invincible you know like Ooh, you can do I, anything did, is that how you felt or no,
2: did it, did no, no 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 <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it was more oh, just like pure man. exhaustion and maybe the first time I felt that a little bit when I did the cross yeah. performance uh-huh. but like immediately yeah. after that I was assaulted <laughs> with it. so oh my it was God. just like oh yeah was Wait,
0: that the story do- you told us no no was no no East no
2: hole? no I got hit someone threw a cell phone at me and it like split my forehead open Jesus and yeah uh, oh on Easter so it was like a, it was kind of like oh you, you're you you're gonna tempt God now here's a fucking cell phone to your face uh. So wow. I, I've kind of, like...
0: So it was a reaction to, like, them thinking that you were doing something blasphemous? Yeah,
2: I think so. Something like that. Or just, like, an angry person being angry. Or and, maybe
0: know. he was a Roman. Yeah,
2: maybe right. it was a Roman. <laughs> he just
0: thought he'd get a piece of that. He's
1: getting into the performance <laughs> of
2: it. Funny, funny wow. you say that uh, at that performance. Because it was... The, this is a, a, a drag group. And San Francisco called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to do this big thing every Easter. Um, yeah. And they put it on, but, like, during that, I, after I got off the stage and everything, I show up to the being uh-huh. the late. There's maybe, like, 10,000 people in Dolores Park, so it was definitely the... I wasn't expecting that at all, so that was awesome. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah. there was a guy dressed as, like, a Roman centurion with a whip. And he like wow. was like, or with a flogger. It wasn't a whip. It was a flogger. And he like playfully uh-huh. flogged my butt as I walked by with this big cross.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Everybody's trying to get in on your ass.
2: Everybody's trying to get. Well, I'm all. I was uh, nudity's <laughs> is like a big thing for me, especially you know. It's like come on, grow up, people. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen a, body, a naked body before.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I know people are so.
0: In San Francisco, poor. no. In San Francisco,
1: <laughs> you know, it's off. You know, it's often cities like that that I find that people. Maybe it's just because you're expecting them to be, you know, more open-minded. Mm-hmm. But I remember when Paul McCartney exhibited the butt plug sculpture in Paris, and I was like, uh-huh. and they he received, you know you know backlash against that and it's like Mm -hmm. isn't this the joie de vie you know city and it's like no i guess not like i guess they're all too you know (laughs) buttoned up in you know here in paris but my we keep our
0: butt plugs in our butts (laughs) (laughs) not in the public square uh-huh. it
2: par- Paris is a lot like San Francisco now at least last time I was there it like it, mm. it feels so touristy and like yuppie. like the mm. only people and uh-huh. it is true Parisians are like rude in that way but it's like uh-huh. uh, it's gross I, I enjoy other parts of France a lot more than, uh-huh. than Paris
1: yeah.
0: W- yeah when the rent when the rents go up the art has mm. to leave town
1: yeah or the good you know like the works that are going to be upsetting or you know taboo yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. all the good stuff has to go just yeah. frustrating yeah but um so
0: i Speaking of butt plugs, I just wanted to tell you guys I had a recent discovery. Oh my It's not God. what you think. <laughs> no, okay. I was in, was in, I was in Target the other night. <laughs> Go I was on. in Target the other night, and they are selling sex toys in no, Target. No, they are not. They are, and I'm going to. Oh I'm going to forward these pictures. There were things I would never even heard of before, and I am very like, like interested in sex.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, you could call what? me an aficionado. <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, there were these masturbation tools in uh, in Target that they were selling like next to the condom and lubes. Like flesh notes. Like go Target in San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio. In San Antonio. So uh Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, I doubt that the San Antonio is the first market they tried. Yeah. 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 You
1: know, that's that's such good news because I feel like those places you know it's like yeah we should get more positive like sexual yeah you know like like it, it, it i think do, doing something like that really kind of makes it feel less taboo or right you know, right it's like,
0: it's, yeah it's right it's like here just ordinary using, mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: i kind of wanted to circle back sorry erin were you finished? oh yeah oh the
1: porno i was stuff. yes but i can't you know what I might go to Target tonight okay. just, shop, <laughs> just to see,
2: you see. You know.
1: because the Target is a right. lot closer than my local sex store. So ah, i yeah.
2: one stop shopping. Dude. The big boxes have got it all now. Right. Is, is Walmart next? Are they going to also
1: compete? And then it gets all crazy and there's a whole aisle, you know. Sooner. I mean,
2: do you get like the jumbo ones at. That- at, like, Costco? Do they have, like, the industrial side? Of
0: <laughs> yeah. The five-pack for the whole family?
2: Here,
0: here, kids. <laughs> now, don't fight over it. Yeah. I got one for everybody.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Put your name on the bottom of it so we know it's yours.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. You'll give them out as um, party favors. <laughs> that, makes, that brings me so much joy, Hi, to know that. Um, you just made my day.
0: <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. So, so what I wanted to circle back to was Xavier. When you're talking about being doing this performance in Miami Beach and being harassed by the police, mm-hmm. and I, like, I don't know how to say this exactly, but like America uh, equates nudity with sexuality. Mm-hmm. You're just. Well, they, you're, nude. you're not doing anything sexual you're doing something sporty
2: they for mm-hmm. sure associate black nudity with sexuality it's like in mm-hmm. a way that's like not okay you know cause yeah. like you gotta be naked sometimes but it's in a way that is like the body's immediately sexualized cause it's othered in this way of like it's equal parts contempt uh-huh. and like fascination like it's uh-huh. so it's just like yeah it's so perverse but, you know. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, so. yeah. And, and people and, don't want to be pervert. Like, actually, like, commit to being perverts, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. right. That's and, a lot and to do. It's,
0: it's, it's weak of them in their jobs. It's like, mm. okay, we're in Miami. Yeah. yeah. all exactly. kinds of human trafficking going on. Children yeah. being abused. Like, you're, the time you're spending with an artist on the beach could be, the, like, actually helping somebody that's being victimized right now. And this yeah.
2: is... There were people on Speedos, there were people on G-Strings being seductive and, like, enticing and kind of, like, portraying Uh that and, like, portraying sexuality in that way, but, Uh like, it was really clear that I wasn't, you know? like I, yeah. my back was yeah. to everyone the whole time it wasn't like i was like waving my dick in people's face or anything like that like right. there was a right. the, in front of me was That was,
0: was later. The, yeah,
2: that was in, on my side. And
1: i'm sure in miami a lot of folks, a lot of folks wouldn't have minded that either so you
2: know Yeah right but they'd I, be like please I mean, wave your dick in my face it's like yeah don't get hit those it rocks in my, though. my face
1: <laughs> please <laughs> but um, that's so interesting quite, you know talking about sports like historically you know a lot of sports were in the nude mm-hmm. um, and so right it's sort of, the
0: Olympics right yeah
1: it's really funny that we've gotten so you know um, yeah like well, sh- shy about yeah, it
0: and talking about being on a beach how ludicrous is it that we have to have a s- clothing to go into the water
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little yeah. silly
0: yeah, but it's just it's a societal norm that we yeah. just accept. But it's yeah. also kind of silly because bathing suits are kind of gross. They They're get like really damp and they shaky. smell bad. Yeah, it's mm, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. All bad
2: news.
1: I don't know if you two know this, but in ladies' um, bikini bottoms, or I guess in any suitcase, uh, suitcase, uh, swimsuit bottom, there's like a little like flap. Are you swimming in a suitcase thingy? again? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a little flap, and like on the beach, like sand gets in there. This this oh cool like Yes, it's terrible. It's like, what is that for? Why is there this little opening yeah. for sand and other detritus to get in?
2: <laughs>
1: and it's like the flaws in this design, just like most, you know. But I think women. Like most women, yeah.
2: It's a uh, shitty. Yeah, the shit. like they
0: can't put pockets, no but they pockets. can put this sand <laughs> sand collector <laughs> in your crotch trap. area. <laughs> Come on. <I> know. <laughs> How about a place for my keys or yeah. my ID?
1: Oh, no, we can't don't have keys or yeah. money
2: or, or money. Phones.
0: Yeah. Oh. You ask your dad for that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: God. So awful. Oh. Um
0: Oh, so Xavier, you're talk uh, in your bio about this upcoming uh, project in Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you ready to talk about? What you might be thinking? Oh yeah, for yeah.
2: I uh, uh, I'm working with a, a great Dallas-based artist from Philly, uh, Tab the Trolley. Shout out Tab the Trolley, gang, gang. Uh-huh. Uh, and we're making these uh, ceramic mountains. And like a, <laughs> a mural, but they're to house the, like a bo- like a, an artificial bonsai tree. So keeping with a lot of the the found objects that get incorporated into my paintings and drawings as the, mm, the kind uh-huh. of substrate, I am extending that into a three-dimensional space uh, to create these cool. objects. So kind of like borrowing on a little bit of, you know, like Nick Cave's kind of work where he had that big installation of like stuff from the ceiling this like room that has this big chandelier uh in it
1: Mm -hmm. i
2: i'm i'm looking at these things as being kind of like stand-ins for like being able to talk about tree of life heritage and kind of the Uh the 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 micro macro element of of the bonsai and uh, yeah
0: where where do you anticipate this work uh being on view at a later date oh it'll
2: it'll be in dallas in 2023 uh probably at aaron cooley gallery mm, so, cool. all right yeah nice excellent well, we yeah. Look forward to that. they're gonna be big like big enough for you to get inside of is the at least one of them Whoa. Yeah. so like the, you can, that you can stuff that you can kind of interact with in that way um with ceramics, mm. I think is really is enticing to me. Like the functionality yeah, yeah, of the yeah. the ceramic object has been like something that is is carried over rather than it just being this purely sculptural thing, because that's like that's the history of the art form, and it kind of gets like esch- eschewed for you know like modernist or like postmodernist aesthetics of like these non functional like. Just Mm -hmm. masses of things, you know, that kind of don't really do anything other than like look good or some don't even necessarily look good sometimes. It's like, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I lost my train of thought there.
0: <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Well,
1: you were just you were just reminding me of the conversation that we had with a former guest Chris Shank, who does functional um, uh-huh. furniture, but mm. also sculpture. yeah oh, he was the them like together, two, he but... did
2: rollerball, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. rollerball, yeah. and he yeah. I mean, and he described like using a, uh, this idea of functional work as a Trojan horse to yeah. kind of get, you know, these ideas across in, in, in maybe a more approachable way. I think ceramics can do the same thing where yeah. it's something that we're, we use every day, you know, whether we're aware of it or not. And then we can kind of access, ex, access sorry, mm-hmm. that it, that sort of those ideas in a way that maybe something like painting or pure sculpture can't. He'd had um, a better way of saying it, but um, it was a really cool, like, idea that I had never like really thought of before um, because mm-hmm. I really enjoy works that also take on like a functional or at least yeah. had a functional purpose.
2: Well, that's yeah. the kind of misconception that I think a lot of people have about, have about art is that it's like automatically not functional it's like it exists in this mm-hmm. kind uh-huh. of pure state of like you are there to observe it and appreciate it but not actually interact uh-huh. with it and that's the, the, the really for me the that's beauty of ceramic function. yeah the beauty of ceramics okay. is like that that object is for anyone it's like the mm-hmm. the common man's object is a cup you know like everybody's gonna have to drink something uh-huh. so Inside of that is like the whole social interaction and history of like what, what these, what are like what our creative impulse and like how we identify ourselves and the things that we care about and you know so many Mm -hmm. things are wrapped up inside of that issue of functionality and Mm -hmm. it gives it it gives it a place in in in. Whereas it gives it a place of possibility for anyone to like really appreciate art in that way. You know, other- Right, yeah. right. It's
0: not, it's not out of reach. It's not like yeah. an elitist art form. Yeah. It's uh, about like this, yeah, utility and, um, and appreciation. Well, it's kind of the Japanese uh, appreciation of uh, objects that you use every day. Things that you use every day have an aesthetic effect on your well-being. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: the Ming, the Mingay philosophy. Yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have one. <laughs> it's a long story sh- here, short. But um, I've got one coffee mug that I use only, mm.
0: uh-huh. um,
1: and it, <laughs> it keeps getting more chipped.
0: Is it from your OCD support group?
1: No, it's <laughs> that, it's, it's that um, our our normal I love this coffee mug it's very pretty for a coffee Mm. Uh mug um, and I can put a lot of coffee in it but it's also just very pretty Um, so I've been I sort of stole it from my boyfriend (laughs) I use that one only and it's become mine but I don't know what I would do without it now Um, but it just I know one day it will break Oh and no! Because it's already very chipped. Because I'm can be quite clumsy, yeah. and so it's just I kept getting chipped, well, and chipped,
0: and maybe you know, it'll be like. like Xavier's baseball bat. Where, like, when it <laughs> yeah, it's when awesome. it
1: when it goes, mm-hmm. when yeah,
0: it, when it finishes its lifetime, uh-huh. it will mark it will mark something for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's it's the good times and the bad times that yeah. coffee cup. So <laughs> I yeah, really, I think that's true and. Works like that, you know, and even obviously, like artists can take functional work to a different level. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying, yeah. Xavier, mm. about I, that's so exciting that you're going to be working with ceramics. I'm, I can't wait to see that show. Yeah, very yeah. it's
2: going to be great. Yeah, yeah. I'm really dig it.
0: I'm really uh, good. Good. Um, you know, I, Xavier, the story you were telling about staying at your grandma's house and having that, like drama Despite with, with like... her new husband yeah. like I I'm I, I, like I've had stuff not exactly that but I've had things happen you know yeah. that I'm like or maybe like a little shocking to other people mm. and but that story like this film is very intense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that story is very intense and um, you know even the the durational performance where you're carrying the cross and your feet are are uh Getting damaged, I yeah. guess. Um, you know, and I know that there's almost like a cliche about mm. performance art and like mm-hmm. physical suffering. Yeah. And and there's also like the tie of Christianity and our our holding mm-hmm. up the physical suffering of yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um. And so you know, I was gonna like. I'm not sure how to like pursue this train of thought except like i'm interested to know like do and also like your career as an athlete Mm -hmm. and i know that there's a lot of endurance and physical suffering there yeah that maybe just becomes a part of the fabric of your life Mm. and then even ancestry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so did you were did you grow up in with religion and like this uh idea of like that suffering was necessary or that uh i don't want to put words in your mouth i'm just trying trying to uh understand where you're coming from
2: i mean i think i I grew up adjacent to religion like i have an an uncle that were involved in the church my grandma was a Mm -hmm. jehovah's witness at some time but like i didn't grow up going to church at all it's just been something that's uh-huh. been so fascinating, like, like you were saying, that kind of elevation of like suffering, and then taking that in and kind of like processing it through like what that means about mm-hmm. our society, especially related yeah. to race and gender. Like those are th- like the people that suffer the most, and are, you mm-hmm. know, people of people with dark skin, and women, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Extend that to like uh, trans women. Extend that to mm-hmm. like girls, young boys. Every, like these people that you know have as much value as anyone else, but like that's where suffering seems to be concentrated. And I've yeah, it it doesn't feel like to to know that and to kind of like make art about that as one thing, but, like, at least for me, mm-hmm. I think I have to, like, actively embody those, the like, that uh-huh. suffering in the moment of some of these performances, because I, I did, I was very, like, anti- performance art when I was in college. I, like, I wrote a paper uh-huh. about it, even. I was like, I don't get this <laughs> shit, like, it's, why is it just acting? It's like, why isn't it just acting? Uh-huh. Like, what is the... Thing. and uh-huh. then after I started doing, it, I was like, "Oh shit! Okay, I get uh-huh. it now." Uh-huh. I had like this moment of like, of wanting to like pursue it in, yeah.
0: I really admire that actually, mm-hmm. because you you come about it in a way that like being so oppositional to it, mm-hmm. and then when it when you do see how it works with your practice, mm-hmm. it's more meaningful than just like I've always loved this. It's like no, I. I hated this, I had disdain mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. for this, Ooh, was, and now yeah. I've, yeah. yeah.
1: Performance art can really feel, um, yeah, it's like this, it's a really hard to define,
0: uh-huh. um,
1: you know, type of art making. Um, uh-huh. And then there's this element that, you know, it exists in these ways that are difficult to translate.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, uh-huh.
1: and it's like,
2: yeah.
0: And we've seen, we've all seen a lot of bad performances. Exactly yeah, that, that like cliche
2: thing of like, oh, yes. you see yes. movies. This is another movie. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
0: Aaron Aaron just sent me this post that Jerry Saltz made about oh, yeah. um, uh, guys who are what would you say they're they're it, um, what's the it's uh, it's trash. Abstraction. What? If, what? Crap
1: abstraction. Crap
0: <laughs> It's yeah. like kind of meaningless big painting. Oh, uh, like zombie uh,
2: formalism.
1: Zombie. Yeah, zombie abstraction. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. That. I mean, Jerry Salsa has really built, you know, um, some of his criticism around that, which I totally appreciate because mm-hmm. it is irritating mm-hmm. to see it be so elevated you know
0: (laughs) yeah and he's his own special type of attention whore (laughs) but like (laughs) but But he points out some really good things and he's
1: he has a wonderful sense of humor so i can dig that i think that's
2: his best quality yeah
1: yeah totally but then it's like these uh zombie abstractionists um, really take themselves so seriously, and it's like, oh, oh my god, fucking god, like oh my lighten god. up. <laughs> I, you know.
2: I go back and forth between. <laughs> I go back uh-huh. and forth between like joking about like I don't like these kind of artists, and that's like <laughs> yeah, the most, that's common, the but, most common. The most common ones are are fucking painters and photographers, because I'm like, get over yourself. You fucking you're mm-hmm. pushing. Yeah. You're just pushing uh-huh. dirt around on a thing and like making something. Right. right. Don't. Don't get ahead yeah. of yourself, there, buddy. But
0: but you know, mm-hmm. by participating in it, it's like you you bring it. It's it's almost like if the only people that participated in Christianity yeah. were fundamentalist, like people <laughs> who were not very smart, or yeah. very like uh, Christ light adherents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then like then they own Christianity yeah. instead of like people who are more like thoughtful, conscientious, generous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sympathetic, yeah. So thank you for <laughs> throwing your, you know, throwing your hat in the ring and and.
1: Uh, you know yeah. what I thought was really interesting. Sometimes I feel like I'm like, do you, Is it possible to read into a movie too much? And I don't think so. But <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's like I feel art. like yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so What'd you see,
0: Aaron? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: okay. And again, this is a little bitty, but. Um, his name is Frank, right? Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. And Frank is another word for honesty. Ah. And I just wonder. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like is there something there where he's wanting to get to that place of being honest with himself and and like coming to terms
2: uh-huh, with? Uh-huh. You know, I think so. Like
1: his existence. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but then I have to look at all the other names too, and I'm like, no, well, that's Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you know, nah, I don't know. But it's well, like, you know, they probably
0: had a lot of time to develop this, and it came from another piece of literature, mm-hmm. right? So,
1: uh-huh. true. I think it true, ended true. up
2: being like a New yeah. York Times bestseller. That book that about the. ENT. Really? Yeah. Wow,
1: it's such a fascinating movie because you. I I think that these movies are helpful because they allow people to experience this kind of drama without really participating in it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm really thankful I'm not an EMS worker, (laughs) but But, like, I kind of got to see what it's like. And that was something I, you know, had never thought of before. Um. So it's, it's like, I think that we as viewers need these these types of media that kind of allow us to
0: a little window into that world yeah
1: yeah to the craziness because i don't i don't want a life like that but Mm -hmm. like yeah it's kind of fascinating to see people who do and the types of personalities that they have
0: yeah Yeah, my my friends that have worked in emergency medicine are like they love it it's not Mm. um uh-huh. I mean, uh, they've gone on to other things, but you know, that is someone's cup of tea. That is somebody's art form. Mm-hmm. It's like,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Um, before, I know we probably oh. need to wrap up here, but I wanted to bring up the Oasis in the movie that I don't know. If,
2: oh, sunrise, Dayrise enterprises. Up. Oh yeah. yeah. Where t- when then they like kill all the people, kill his whole gang. That's a beautiful scene when he's like speared on the balcony and they're like cutting him off and Frank like is attached to him and he saves him. That's like the part of it. That's like the first step in his, well, one of the first steps in his redemption because like afterwards he goes to the hospital and he like sees the dude and he gets elevated up to like ICU or something and he like Uh codes and he's like, there's like this laughing voice in his head going back and forth between like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is like whatever the absurdity of it all is all starting to kick in again. And that's where yeah. the healing comes from, from him. It's like, yeah, you know. It's like yeah.
0: And, and even the gesture of the, uh, the drug dealer on, on the fence, like you were saying, on the, on the balcony mm-hmm. is uh, of the piada. Like the, yeah. the,
2: mm-hmm. the way Virgin Mary is yeah. holding
0: the Christ figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, you saved
2: yeah. me. He's telling Frank, he's like, hey, yeah. you saved me. And he's yeah. like, oh, I'm, just, I'm I, just. I loved. I'm here. Yeah. I loved
0: how gentle that character was too. Yeah. he was mm-hmm. almost like a mystic or a philosopher. Yeah, or or a caretaker, yeah. you know. And the way that we look at drugs as this solely destructive right. element and yeah. culture, but that like drugs also serve a purpose of like. Taking people's pain away.
2: Yeah. Well, that was also the counterbalance to the the red death thing that they the the, the like street yes! dealers were selling. Yeah, uh,
1: I loved that. I don't. You can't call it a painting, but I don't know what else to call it. There was a work of art in the oasis of like a <laughs> volcano, and it was like the lava was like lighting up. I
2: was, like, yeah. Oh, my God. oh I, yeah. I, was
1: epic! <laughs> I
2: love that aesthetic you know like that uh-huh. that it's something that I've tried to like carry across in some of my other sculptural works when I was in grad school this like kind of neon like black light mm-hmm. kind of flashy velvet painting yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. thing cuz I oh, it's that a sexy cute. environment yeah it's so it's like yeah yeah
1: any work that requires like batteries I'm kind of interested in mm-hmm. like, kind
0: of like, <laughs> well, you're going to need, need to go to target <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but I'm bad <laughs>
1: Listen, it's already on my list of things to do. So you know,
0: Aaron, I also <laughs> wanted to point out that Frank is, uh, you know, another word for uh, hot dogs. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what I thought you
0: were oh. gonna say
2: at first. You know, <laughs> I was that's like,
1: funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had my brain was not going there, but I don't know why it didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's I, okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, well, Xavier, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before you wrap up? Uh,
0: this is your chance to plug.
2: Oh, yeah. you well, y'all did ask me about my time at the erotic film school and being a lecturer there. Yeah, oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> Thank oh my you. God, I can't believe I, I almost. I heard. would have been
0: so disappointed in myself if I had yeah, not. Yeah, talk to us
1: about that job. Uh, you were well, teaching there. Is that correct?
2: I I taught editing. I taught editing, film editing. Oh, uh,
1: editing! Per- okay. Porno
2: editing. I used to. Hell be, yeah! I used to be a PA and an editor for Kink Men in San Francisco, like the BDSM dungeon. And I got plugged oh, into this yes! like, community. But before that, I was working at the Center for Sex and Culture in San Francisco. And there's like, it, wow. I I think also with my work, those are things that kind of mm-hmm. exist in the undercurrent. Is this like, as in the counterbalance between, like, nudity and sexuality, this whole, like, thing is yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I got contacted by uh, a performer, writer. Uh, she's really awesome. Madison Young. Uh, and uh-huh. I was her intern for a little while. And then she needed someone to, to teach editing. And I was like, I, I mean, that's what I've been doing. For a while, so it, <laughs> I That's fantastic there. I started doing that. It's funny. I, yeah, yeah. There's I, I have my I have like there's so much stuff that I've done that I'm like and are I, you I and immediately in incorporated right into my. World. <laughs> <laughs> no, just just reflecting wistfully on my days of making cartoons <laughs> and like seeing people do things that are very graphic. <laughs>
1: Do you um, do you put that on your resume, Xavier? Or I put it on. Yeah, it's. For... I think I have it almost.
2: My... Yeah. Well, I used. To, I put it on. I have a number of different like, resumes WordPress, that I, I like. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pass across. That's yeah. cool.
1: That's yeah. cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Gosh, I wonder. Do you think that that made you more comfortable with nudity in your own work,
2: or I think I've were always comfortable been. With I think I've always been pretty comfortable with it. But yeah. like oh, uh-huh. man. I just I had a like a really good quip that I was gonna say, but I you know, I'm blanking on it oh, right no. now. I'll remember it after if I keep talking, I'm sure, uh uh-huh. but it's like uh <laughs> like. I I'm I'm big into like demystifying things and not like
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. you know yeah. taking them for what they are and I don't I don't want to be desexualized you know I want to be a full human being and that's part of the experience that I that right. I live so I want to like give that to my audience so they can have some because I'm sure at least at some right. level of their life experience they have this kind of like thing mm-hmm. happen to, I mean they were all had were birthed you know through sex. <laughs> some kind of sexual act right right made them who they are there's a wide range of experience (laughs) so so i I want that and i think it is something that again is often kind of discounted in in talking about like uh looking at like pornography as being something that's just like complete taboo but like also you don't really see like the men in pornos it's not really like you don't the only act like confirmation that they've received pleasure is like coming at the end mm-hmm. and that's like it mm-hmm. oh like the, right the entire right, other of it right. you're just like a you're like they're like a fucking machine you're just like a, you're there to fuck that's it that's it right. it's like all you it's
0: not the journey it is absolutely the destination yeah
2: in the yeah. in
0: certain film genre yeah. right yeah right
2: and again issues yeah. of race all those things <laughs> big and it was all those issues were, like, big in the community that I was around in San Francisco, so talking about it was, like, a thing. Part, talking about it as part of it, but then, again, to actually, like, engage hmm. with the medium in some kind of way, either through performing or editing or, like, filming, all yeah. those things, I, I think gives a, a, a deeper understanding of what is at stake for the performer and, yeah. and when yeah. you talk about it mm. in, like, a public space. Uh, mm-hmm. yes yeah.
0: and you know again the way I was talking about Christianity about like you being involved in in uh, performance art and having an in, a positive influence on the medium and say like uh, like conscientious Christians being involved in, in the, that Christian world I feel like um, I feel like I wish more artists were involved in making pornography because I feel like wow. uh, there's a lot of ty- like kind of terrible like crutches in Mm -hmm. pornography and and people aren't experimenting enough and we're not seeing enough like variety it's not it's 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 so capital creative
2: it's so yes driven by capitalism and the consumers of it well i think we have a real misconception of what the like consumer of pornography is in in one hand,
0: yeah
2: uh Because, you know, there is space inside of that medium to do really creative things. And, you know, it's like, 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 yeah, it's just a money pit (laughs) for a lot of people. And the representation of it, the representation in that field is still very much uh, one that is contingent upon, like, white men's aesthetics and, like, what Mm -hmm. uh that, like, is being normal and being the thing that's going to be propagated and perpetuated.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's shocking even to hear um what like say gay men were uh how how do I say this like like how conservative gay men can be in certain communities. Oh my fucking and God, I just think yeah. like you've missed out on mm. like all of these opportunities that queerdom has given you yeah. mm-hmm. and you're like grabbing your pearls <laughs> and, yeah. and, and like flinching at things that are like that do you know why that's taboo mm-hmm. do you like do you just fully accept it without looking into it yeah. because um, yeah we're all sort of victims of censorship mm-hmm. and cl- close-mindedness and uh, yeah I'm just not into giving into it yeah mm-hmm. you know like <sighs>
1: well Hyde I think <laughs> you've We've inspired, hopefully, maybe... Let's
0: all go make
2: porno! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a... I've rec- I'll, I'll give another plug. I, I've, I've, made uh-huh. a mag- I've made a porno Is magazine. it a butt plug? <laughs> I'm sure. But a yeah. bumper! <laughs> uh, me and some of my friends have made a, an art porn magazine called Delight, and oh. we produced our first porno in wow. August um hell starring, yeah starring king noir and natasia dreams it uh, yeah. i think it'll be released probably sometime this summer uh as a, oh, as a yeah. print edition please let us it's know a quarterly yeah. called we'll, we'll quarterly. promote it yeah yeah yeah, we, yeah. maybe someone that. will review it i feel <laughs> like
1: yeah i mean it's like there's so much opportunity for a creativity in a Field like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It, it's wide open. Yeah, it is wide
0: open. <laughs>
1: in yeah, more ways than one.
2: <laughs> get in there. Well,
1: <laughs> <But, laughs> Xavier, thank you so much for
2: agreeing. <laughs> You're welcome. Just leave my hand on the
1: Good. Oh, good. I'm glad.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's great to have you. Yeah, yeah it was
2: thank nice meeting, so talking much. with both of you.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, hi. Shall we introduce our next artist guest? Yeah. Let's yeah. A little sneak peek uh, for next um, the next episode. Um, so the next artist will be featured is Cody, and I'm gonna fuck his last name up. <laughs> uh, Led- <laughs> what an interesting last name. Ledvina. Ledvina. Uh, I don't know. Um, we'll we'll, we'll
0: we'll learn how to say it before i did we google
1: more. it and google was even confused so <laughs> um but he wants to <laughs> he wants to cover waiting for guffman which i've not seen but <gasps> yeah I think, um xavier have you seen this movie
2: no wait wait waiting for Guffman is that the uh it's, it's like a... oh it's like in the the guy he makes these like kind of weird movies it's like Got Willard craft yeah. in yeah, it or something? Sp- yeah, I it. Tap. I have, yeah, yeah, I have okay. seen that. Yeah, I have seen that actually. Yeah. 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 Okay, it's yeah. Cool, cool. Excellent. Well,
1: I came across Cody because he is a writer for Glass Tire and he wrote this article about a grape in a painting. And I was just like, this, <laughs> yeah. this kid. He would be so much fun to talk to.
0: It's a beautiful piece of writing. Nice. Yeah, it, I agree. It
1: really is. So, we're looking forward to our next episode. But thank you so much, Xavier, again. And
2: yeah. We, yeah. we
1: look forward to seeing more of your work yeah. here in Dallas. And Protect trends
2: and Yeah, congratulations work. on the acquisition from <laughs> mm, the Dallas Museum of Dallas Art. Dallas
1: Museum of Art. Big yeah. deal from the art fair. Big two.
2: Right. Yeah. Cool. This is my second art fair, and I. Got a Dang. fucking piece acquired by the DMA.
1: Heck yeah. Out of the <laughs> <right
2: now. laughs> that's Home good. run. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, I guess All right. that's it for us. Okay.
2: okay See you 40. next week. Yeah.
1: Yep. Bye.
2: Bye. Frank. Are you okay?
0: never felt better in my life. How are you? I'm good. Good. You can't